The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Hello everyone and I welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast coming to you live on Port Fan Radio. I'm your host, Mac and Martin, and joining us is Winning Rick. How are you, buddy? I'm winning. Yeah. Winners and grinners, buddy. Winners are grinners. Shame I can't pick a multi to save my life, but anyway, <laughs> one day. Yes, indeed. Not too bad, buddy. I'm, I'm pretty good. And yourself? Oh, yeah, top of the tree. How can we not be happy? I'm pretty happy at the moment. Eight and two. Good position to be in. Amazing. Uh, top four hours for the mate taking now. It is. It absolutely is. Surely we can't miss the finals from here. Surely. Oh, I don't think we'll miss the finals. I mean, we've got what two tough games in a row now, and uh, and then uh, famous last words. We've got some a nicer run of opponents. Yes. Yes, we're just going to make the most of it. That's the thing. We just keep doing what we're doing, and uh, hopefully turn well, up. Look, I think we can. Uh, I think we can win those games. I think the teams show, and they. They can, um, you know, we've just had a couple of off games, but, you know, we had travel and, you know, I think we had some mitigating cir- circumstances with our losses. Yep. So, uh, I don't, I don't, to be honest, I don't think we've really got any excuses against Richmond on Saturday. You know, we'll, we'll have a pretty strong team. We're in good form. We haven't had to travel. We'll have an extra day's break. So, yep. um, you know, if we're on. good enough, we're good enough. We should be out the beat the bloody slimy buggers. Indeed, indeed. Well, anyway. we've got two games to talk about tonight, so we'll get straight two into games. it and do the love and hate. One thing we loved, one thing we hated about the footy this week. What's your hate this week, mate? Oh, I put three hates in the chat just before and said, guess which one? But mm. then there's a fourth one that's just popped into my head, Oh, which is, I just do not feel that the uh, the review system provides any value whatsoever. I, I'd rather just go with the umpire's judgment, have the odd mistake here and there along the way, and I just think the, the review's just shit house, honestly. Did you watch, obviously, you I saw don't the mind game? It. Yeah, I, no, I don't it's mind too it. long. It's too that long. one They're took exceptionally stuff. long. That one did take an exceptionally long time. That's the longest review I can remember seeing, I reckon. That seemed to take about five minutes. They're reviewing stuff that doesn't need to be reviewed. That goal line review from the kick um, at the, in the last quarter didn't need to be reviewed. It was pretty obvious. The umpire called a goal. Just It just wastes time. And look, was Woodcox really not a goal? Like, Was it conclusive that it wasn't a goal? It looked pretty goalish to me. Yeah, I thought it looked like a goal, but there you go. Who knows? We obviously, yeah, well. we obviously can't read Snicko all that well, mate, so who knows? Yeah, well, I mean, fuck, it could have been a bird crapping on top of the bloody goalpost for all we know. Hmm. I, uh, I just think, get rid of it. It just wastes time, it holds up the game, and, you know, whatever. That's my opinion. Fair enough. Or, or play the game on. And, uh, you know, I had, so I had other ones like, Victorian bias and uh, trial by media for indiscretions. 
um, like Sam Mays. I mean, God, hang the poor kid out to dry. You know, buddy uh, Oliver elbows Laddams in the head last week, and it's like, ah, don't worry about it. It's okay, you know. It was a, a minimal contact. It was accidental. And, uh, yeah, and poor old Sam Mays, bit of a bump, hardly hardly hits his head at all. And, like, the guy gets straight up, and it's like, man, this guy's a criminal. Like, he should just get games. This is appalling. Mm. You know, I mean, come on, give me a break. Fair enough. My hate is actually Mays getting himself suspended. I thought it probably deserved a week. Because it was a no pretty big bump. It was a pretty big bump. No. And way. it was Did head he high. Game? He got a game, yeah. Nah, that's bullshit. <laughs> well, why did. How he could potentially get, get off get of it, game? though. He could potentially get off it. Because so, they called it Oliver medium impact, which um, probably wasn't yeah. medium impact. So there was if they no choose to challenge it, he, he, might, uh, he might be able to get off it. Well, I would advise him because it was bullshit. Mm. And I, I'm just sick of the media, the commentators, choosing who they want to rub out and who they don't. Yeah, well, I, don't say... think, I don't think it has much of an impact, to be honest. But... Of course it does. Nah. Well, how can Clayton Oliver's be low impact? Because he barely damage? touched him. Rubbish. The guy held his head. Like, the guy actually was in pain last week. This guy... The... So was Josh Dunkley last night. No, he got straight up and went right, right on with it. <laughs> Mate, that is pathetic. Mm. Oh, it's disappointing that May's got himself suspended because he's, in three of the four games he's played, he's been really, really good. So yes, I'm sure can. he'll come straight back in, but it's um, just unfortunate. Well, Burton might be back, and then it might be hard for him to get back in. Maybe, maybe. But anyway, I like the fact that we, we're on the line with our aggression. You know, it's good. It's better than being meek. We've been meek good. many times. It is good. Right. Now we're dour and strong. Yes. Dour. What's your love? Oh. Uh, I really love the, um, really appreciate Adelaide Oval last night. I thought Adelaide Oval looked amazing. It like, did. It was spectacular. But outside that, in football terms, a lot of us Port supporters were doubting that Port could win two games in a row against Melbourne and Bulldogs. We were People were crapping their pants about both games. And mm. we walked away successful in both quite easily. And we're top of the tree. I mean, how could we not love that? I love it. I didn't pick us in either game, so I'm not going to pick us again for the rest of the year now. That's it. Done. Done and dusted. Well, that's how, how it works. Fine form. That's how form. it works, mate. But uh, I think uh, we're still tarnished by ghosts of season pass, and we need to be a bit more objective as supporters because uh, I think they're giving us enough reason to believe. They certainly are. Look, last night was, and we'll get into that obviously later, but uh, it was a very gutsy win, I thought, last night. I thought we played exceptional football to win that game. And uh, and it was great to see. Uh, my love this week is uh, Mitchie Georgiades, mate, who uh, has come back into the side with Marshall out of the side, and I think he's done fabulously well playing that's almost that true centre-half forward position. Um, mm. You know, he was just outstanding against Melbourne, which won him the Rising Star nomination. And, you know, I thought he had a really good impact against the Dogs as well. And, uh, you know, for mm. a kid in his, what, fourth game or something, you know, to have that sort of impact, I think, uh, is exceptional. Yeah, he's looking at the goods, isn't he? Um, I was talking to a couple of uh, 
Port fans last night, and uh, I said, uh, did you know his dad kicked eight goals in his first game for Footscray? They're like, no. I've heard rumours. I've heard rumours that uh, his dad played football, um, (laughs) and that he did indeed kick uh, eight sausage rolls in his first game. Who who would know? (laughs) Who would have known that? I I had not. It's only been mentioned 410 times by the commentators. I'm still trying to work out who his dad is, but anyway. No, but seriously, <laughs> I, I was sort of saying to him, uh, so I heard comment that you know, he could maybe uh, move to, uh, you know, in the future into a, you know, many seasons into the future, in a, a potential midfield spot too. It could be like a, I could see that, you know, he's probably that ideal height around the 191, you know, that Matthew Pavlik sort of size and, mm. Yeah, he's got that. He's got that strong core that will obviously get stronger in time. But he's man, he's got a great leap. He read, reads the position of the ball well, and uh, yeah, he loves taking a mark. And yeah, he's an exciting player. I love watching him. I think he's great. He's, uh, Justin obviously might be in a bit of trouble when uh, Todd Marshall's ready to come back. Yeah, look, he's um, he's playing great footy. And Dylan on the speaker chat has said that he thinks Mitch is awesome. Uh, if he stuck a few more marks and kicked that set shot, he would have been almost best on ground last night. And yeah. agree, look, he, he flew for some rippers and he got some hands on it, but just didn't bring them down. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, he's, he's having He'll a big there. impact. Like, he's just full of impact at the moment, which is great. Well, he he, he loves taking the game on, doesn't he? He's a, yeah. he's a great one. I thought you might have said Zach Butters, Maker, for your love. Oh, well, yeah, he's just, he's something else. Altogether, he's exactly. He's mouth watering, isn't he? Old. He, he's certainly watering. That's it. <laughs> um, anyway, let's uh, let's start the reviews. We'll talk about the Melbourne game first, which was obviously last Thursday night. We played the Demons at the Gabba, and we were never headed as we cruised to a uh, pretty easy fifty-one point victory. Twelve goals, eleven to four goals, eight. Um, Mitchy Georgiades kicked three goals, whilst Rosie and Westhoff kicked two goals each. What was your uh, thoughts on this game, mate? How did it play Melbourne out? Were, Melbourne were shite. They were they, trash. It was, it was one of the most insipid, soft, pathetic performances I've seen from a football team. And even in our worst in 2011-12, I don't, I don't think we were ever that soft and timid. We, we sucked and had no skill, but, and, but at least the boys tried putting their body on the line. Like, they were bloody pathetic, you know. And then, oh, terrible. And by, once the boys um, sniffed a bit of blood in the water early, like they just dominated. And yeah. and I think um, we've seen it all season, and it was especially highlighted last night. If you're an opposition team and you don't want to go hard at the ball, Port Adelaide's going to go hard at the ball. And yeah. we've got some we've got some ball terriers at the moment, like Sam Powell Pepper and Butters and. And Co. and uh, I tell you what, they need to take a backward step, as Robbie showed in the Melbourne game with his uh, his benchmark performance <laughs> on uh, on what he needs to do with the body and the ball. And um, yeah, I just thought it was a great team performance. The whole the midfield group stood up um, as a whole and came back from that St Kilda game and uh, and just put Melbourne to the sword. I mean, I must <laughs> I must admit it's hard to remember the the whole game now in its mm. entirety, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just a slaughter, and uh, but it was a, a great game to watch, I must admit. It was a very good game to watch if you're a Port supporter. Probably not that great if you're a neutral or a Melbourne supporter, but uh, 
you know, we'll take it. And that's for sure. They just didn't turn up at all. They looked like they wanted to be anywhere but there. And uh, they played accordingly, really. And uh, it's no, wor- no wonder that um, I think it was their CEO came out or their president came out and uh, absolutely slaughtered them in the media as well. And, uh, you know, Goodwin's job probably has to come under question at some point, you would think. Because uh, ever oh. since they made the finals a couple of years ago, they've been not very good. They've been trash. But good for us. If another Very team's trash, it means that we're most likely to be treasure. So I'll take it. But it was a—I don't know. I mean, look, it was a good game to watch a bloodbath, and and I mean, I think the other aspect is that you know, in years gone by, we might have taken the pedal off the foot off the pedal a little bit and and eased off. But you know, we were ruthless, and yeah. and as you saw in our private <clears throat> court fan radio chat, um, yeah, it was a bit of a controversial discussion going on there. About Robbie's commitment at the end of the uh, at the end of the game with Tom, but um, you know I, I still think you know it got highlighted in the media and by Ken over and over. Um, but you know, show, I just think just because it's the end of the game is irrelevant. It, it just sets a standard that's non-negotiable, you know, yeah. and it and it breeds that culture. Like you know, obviously Ken said that was his favourite effort, and then Sam Powell Pepper following it straight up. You know that gets put on the TV in the post-match for the game or the review, and and then everybody else in the team sees it, and it lifts them to the same expectation that they have to do it, regardless of what time it is. Yeah, yeah I mean, what's Melbourne going to put on the TV? Well, players putting pulling their hands away, and not wanting to grab the ball. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, it's it just Robbie's courage there, um, you know, just um, and commitment. Uh, yeah, it sets that benchmark for all the players in any game that this is what we've got to do, and and that came through. And I guess we'll talk about it shortly in the in the next game where indeed they were just hard and hungry. Yeah, absolutely. I think the most uh, important thing to note this week was, uh, or in this particular game, was you know the week before against St Kilda when our midfield just got absolutely obliterated, and um, you know Laddams had a bit of a stinker, and you know we're all a little bit concerned of what Max Gorn might do to him, um, given that he's had such a fantastic year. And look, Laddam's only had 25% of the hitouts as what Gorn did, but uh, we actually won the clearances. So it just goes to show that um, our midfield was a lot more switched on. Melbourne's weren't. But you look at Travis Boak, he had zero clearances against St Kilda. He had eight against uh, Melbourne. You know, guys like Ollie Wines and Tom Rockliffe um, dominated through the midfield. Um, you know, it, it was just a much better performance from the midfielders in this particular game. Yeah, and even Laddams, even though, yeah, I wouldn't say he was perfect, he was at least a bit more competitive against Gorn than he was against St Kilda. But, yeah, you're right. We we sort of played smarter against the uh, the losing Rutman and, uh, and uh, yeah, and it was a lot more influential. And I guess maybe St Kilda was a trial run and a wake-up call for the midfielders in that, um, in that sort of position, I guess. We, we had Lysette in the Brisbane game, didn't we? So, yeah. you know, it was sort of a different ruck set up with the Brisbane game. But, um, yeah, so I guess maybe St Kilda, they got caught out a little bit. Um, but, yeah, anyway, uh, you know what? Good on them. Indeed. Uh, we've got a question from the Corns brother in the speaker chat, which is, uh, who's a realistic recruit we can nab from Melbourne? Um, not sure, so- really. Not Do we sure. need anybody? I think I, I did like the look of Tom Sparrow. I was pretty keen on him in his draft year. I think he's got good pace. He's got good inside ability. 
Um, he's also asked, is Viney gettable? I'm not sure if Viney would ever leave Melbourne, to be honest. I reckon he's he's locked in there for his career, in my opinion. I reckon Angus Brayshaw might be gettable um, mm. for the right sort of deal. You know, he's obviously had had a couple of ordinary seasons after finishing second or third in the Brownlow a couple of years ago, but uh, he might be someone that we might uh, might look at, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. What about Jake Lever? Tall defender. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. He won't be coming back to Adelaide, mate, because the, there'll be a raft of grandmas wanting to hit him over the head with an umbrella at the airport when he rocks up, I think. But It'd be a great coup, wouldn't it? It would be. It would be. Uh, the forward line was exceptionally good uh, against Brisbane as well. Obviously, Mitch Georgiades kicked three goals from five marks. He was wonderful. Uh, Justin Westhoff uh, was excellent as well. He kicked uh, two goals, two early goals, which was good for him because he had you know, a pretty ordinary game against St Kilda. Uh, Dixon almost played a little bit of a, a side role, um, and it did allow those other two key forwards to, uh, to get off the leash a little bit. Yeah. I mean... Uh... If you go back to the game thread, I think on page five, I, I was close. I called Big Mitch to uh, to kick uh, four goals, so I was pretty close. It was yeah, I, I just sort of felt that it was uh, his time, you know. And uh, I think he can uh, he can probably get a little bit more uh, power in his kick too. I reckon over the next couple of years, he, he's still maybe from his injury. Um, you know, he seems a little bit weak in the leg there for the, for a big fella, so. If he can add an extra, uh, you know, five meters to his kicker, he'll be he'll be a lethal player. But because is he a bit almost um, Tom? He's more athletic than Tom Lynch, but is he that sort of link up, run up the ground sort of player that Porsche's been asking Port to have for a while? Or do Georgie. you think he's more a yeah, Georgie? Or do you think he's more a stay at home forward? Do you mean the Crows, Tom Lynch? Is that who you're talking yes. about? Well, remember um, how Porsche said that we needed that link-up Tom Lynch-type athletic player. Yeah. I'd say George, I'd say Mitch has got a better leap and probably a bit more athletic than Tom, but you know he probably sort of has that same sort of running capacity as Tom Lynch. I think Georgie's probably a bit closer to a a bit, bit more of a closer to goal sort of play than what Tom Lynch is, but he is pretty similar. I think once we get. Um, Dixon, Georgiades, and Marshall playing together regularly. We'll, we'll try and work out who does that sort of role. I reckon it might be Marshall that ends up doing that sort of link-up role. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. But yeah, great player. And yeah, West off. He still isn't great though, is he? But he uh, he had a much better game than the game before, where yeah. he didn't really touch it at all. So he got an early goal like, and got some confidence, and that's uh, that's what you need with him. It's. I mean, it's hard to really drop someone that's kicked a couple of goals, isn't it? You know, yeah. you, as a tall forward, you've sort of done your job, especially in shortened quarters. So yeah. he sort of came back and, yeah, and as he did this week, he, he played his part again, but uh, Mr. Sitter as always. But, yeah, I guess, like we said, uh, someone's going to probably have to make way when Marshall's ready to return. Indeed. Look, Travis Boat was probably best on ground. He had 25 touches, a goal, eight clearances, four inside 50s. Uh, was involved in everything. Carl Amon had uh, <laughs> had a massive first half. I think he had something like 17 touches at half time. He was just in absolutely everything, and you know he was taking marks in uh, dropping back in in the back line and then delivering the ball inside 50. And uh, you know he was just absolutely everywhere. He had a fantastic game. 
I missed the start. Did Trav uh, kick the first goal again? Uh, I don't think he did, no. Georgiades kicked the first goal. First goal, Trav. But uh, you would be a very happy man with Carl Amon. Sure. Surely you've been a, a defender of his since uh, since he was born. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he's, uh, you know, nearly traded to St Kilda, but it fell over. And uh, man, he's a major asset. Yeah, hey? he is now. He's certainly a major asset now because, you know, he's just a completely different player than what he was a, f- a few years ago where he was a little bit tentative, a little bit timid, um, you know, was was bad under pressure. Lots of people were critical of his uh, his work rate and uh, his um, contested ability. But I, I feel like he's just a completely different player these days because not only does he get it loose, you know, he's using the ball a lot better. He's getting in great position. But he's also hard as nails now. Like, he's not afraid to drop back and take marks. He's not afraid to put his body on the line and, and attack the contest hard, which is what we've always wanted from Carl. And, you know, he's delivering that in spades at the moment. No one's questioning his squibbing ability, which means he must be uh, playing a good season. I haven't Indeed. seen it once. Indeed. What did you think of uh, Jared Lynott? He, um... I thought he had a bloody good game and he was yeah. unluck- unlucky to make way for McKenzie. Yeah, and I'm not, you know, I'm not the biggest uh, defender of Jared um, down back, but um, I liked his new hairdo and or lack of, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I was trying to work out is that Toby Thurston's playing for us again? <laughs> yeah, it looked like. Um, but uh, I thought he, I thought he couldn't do much more than what he asked, and I'm sure the coaching staff will at least have confidence that if they need to find a fill in again from injury, that he will. Uh, He'll be able to do a good job. I, I thought he was great. Might just be this week with uh, Mays being suspended. You never know. But uh, I well, thought I the whole Burton's pretty close. Oh, that'd be good too. Uh, maybe Bonner again. No, <laughs> I don't think so. I think uh, Bonner's in trouble. Hmm. Well, I thought the defensive group had a absolute ripper against Melbourne. You know, uh, Cleary played a great game. Um, I thought Harlot and Houston were great across half back. DBJ did his job. Um, Lenick came in and did his job. Mays um, had a great game, I thought, 19 touches and a goal. Um, you know, it was just a, another very, very solid defensive performance. Yeah, I mean, our defence has probably been, <clears throat> out of all three sections of the ground this whole season, has been the most consistent. I mean, we've had we had a couple of pot shots at Cleary in the first couple of rounds uh, since the restart of the season, but... You know, he's tightened up his game. He's taken front position more. Um, you know, he's playing with a bit more uh, courage as a uh, as an aggressive defender. And, um, well, I mean, I, I'm, man, I, if we don't have the best defensive unit in the comp at the moment, it'd have to be close to it. Yeah, well, I think statistically we do at, the, at this point in time, I think for sure. But, um, you know, they're just doing their job. You know, structurally, they're very, very good. The midfielders are helping out. And, uh, you know, they've just been exceptional one-on-one, really, yeah. for, uh, for most of the season, which is uh, all you can ask for. I mean, they got pants against Brisbane, but, I mean, not even the best defence would be able to stop. That was certainly a midfield issue. I think the two games we've lost this year where we've, you know, put the back line under unnecessary pressure, that's certainly due to the mm. midfield and their inability to win the ball more than anything Correct. that the... The defensive group could have done because I don't, you know, you could have put the All Australian uh, defensive six in our side against Brisbane. It wouldn't have made any difference. I don't no. think. No. 
it was just a free run. It was almost like a, a lesser sort of event than uh, what the North Melbourne game was last year. Yeah. You know, where that was just a massive blowout. But it was just the same sort of procession where you can't really do anything about it. But, um, you know, they're stoic back there. Dower, some would have maybe even argue. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I, I enjoy watching them play. And uh, I want to, you know, I mean, Tom Jonas is just amazing. And, uh, Macca, what do you think? Do you think that the dual captain issue actually was more destabilising um, last year than maybe we gave it credit for? Maybe, yeah. I think uh, both Wines and Jonas didn't have great years, to be honest. But, you know, it's, um, you know he's got the sole captaincy now and he's delivered. You know, he's, he'd almost be All-Australian captain at the moment, surely. Man, he's, he's immense. That good. He's, and the playing group just looks unified. Yeah. Right. You know, I guess it, it just shows that coaches shouldn't meddle in sort of playing group decisions, I guess, because yeah. uh, it screws things over. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, and I, I don't know, I keep wanting to refer to last night because uh, it was such a good game, but, you know, well, let's I move mean, on the guy was... Let's move on and talk about last night. It was uh, obviously a quick four-day turnaround for Port Adelaide and uh, Round 10 saw us play the Western Bulldogs last night at Adelaide Oval and it was a, a superb third term, which was the difference between the two teams in the end. Uh, with, a, with As I said, a gutsy, hard-fought 13-point victory, eight goals, seven to five goals, 12. Robbie Gray and Charlie Dixon kicked two goals each. How did you see the game playing out? Or play out, sorry. Uh, well, you went one. straight to the third quarter. I mean, it was the uh, probably our best quarter for the year, I reckon. Yeah. Um, I just thought, my summary of it was two words, suffocation, pressure, right? Yep. The pressure was immense, um, and we just suffocated the Bulldogs into errors and turnovers. And, um, you know, and look, the first two quarters, I thought it there wasn't like... It was just a game of I wasn't chess worried. up to half-time. Yeah, it was chess, chess-like. chess You know, uh, Bulldogs were holding their formation quite strong, um, which sort of slowed down the run-and-carry game, right? You can't be too reckless against that. But I didn't feel like we didn't have momentum. So, you know, it wasn't like... Even though we were like a goal down or half a goal down, it didn't, it didn't really feel like we were out of the game. Sometimes you get those games where you just... You can just, even though that's the scoreline similar, you just don't feel like you're in that sort of a game. Yeah. That one was different. We we were there, but we just, I don't know, just weren't executing, you know, correctly or whatever. And and to the credit of the Bulldogs, they, they were pretty ruthless themselves. And, um, you know, but, yeah, that third quarter we just came out and just, yeah, just annihilated them, dominated the ball, dominated the pressure. And... Uh, yeah, interestingly, uh, I didn't notice, but yeah, someone pointed out on the big footy board, you know, the Bulldogs left bloody their best midfielder, Bontempelli, down forward like nearly for the whole quarter as well, which was pretty interesting to, to try and not take back momentum. But, hmm. you know, Dixon was phenomenal. Um, strong hands, good marking. Um, Butters, I'm sure you want to talk about him in a sec, um, was amazing. Power Peppers, um, physical aggression and I... He's not Power Pepper's not getting a lot of ball this year, but his effort at the contest, his body impact, 
um, is just amazing and something to, that I love. I enjoy watching, and I'm you know that's what I always think of Sam when I think of Sam as a player. And and then yeah, I guess you know this, the last quarter was back to the first first two where it was pretty even, and you know we missed a couple of easy opportunities with um, Robbie and Justin, two two culprits once again. Um, mm. You know where we. Yeah, but we did the job that we needed to do and held the margin and uh, got away with the win. And well, I don't think they would be, I don't know, it didn't look like a game where they might be that sore um, for the Richmond game, but who knows? Well, we get the extra day's break, so that's uh, that's certainly helpful. But yeah, I thought but, it was, a, even though it was low scoring, even though it was pretty dour at times in that first half, and as I said, it was almost like a game of chess or, or checkers there um, at stages, I thought it was a great, intriguing game to watch. Um, mm. And look, the dogs came to play. Their first half was exceptional, and you know it took an even more exceptional defensive effort from guys like Jonas and McKenzie um, and Cleary, taking lots of marks and uh, defending really, really strongly, which um, kept us in the game. I thought, uh, yes, certainly in the first quarter. Um, and no, credit to Laddams too. Like yeah. after being smashed against St Kilda, you know, and being competitive against um, Melbourne, you know, he uh, he just kept fighting, and he had a great game last night. Yeah, look, Laddams certainly gave us a great look at it in the first half, and I felt our midfielders probably didn't do that justice. I thought um, the Dogs were certainly on top in the midfield battle, and certainly in the contested bowl at. Just by the visual look of the game, it felt like they had more players around the ball at all times. You know, it didn't matter where it was, they were just winning contest after contest, and we were having to win the ball back at half back um, and then driving it forward from there to try and score. And that all changed in the third quarter, as I said, when, um, you know, I don't know what Kenny said to them after half time, and we've seen this quite a bit, you know, we sort of, in these sorts of games where mainly in these sorts of games where we lose, we have a bit of a disappointing first half. We come out firing in the third quarter and kick, you know, zero goals, two with 15 minutes of dominance. And then they go, the opposition goes bang, bang. And then it's, you know, Mm. it's hard to come back from there. But this was different. You know, we started to put some scoreboard pressure on them. And um, you look at some of the stats in the third quarter. Well, we had 93 to 58 disposals. 38 to 26 contested possessions, 18 to 6 tackles, and 17 to 3 inside 50s. So that's just an absolute domination. And your man, the Butters. Butters his third was quarter. the main. His third quarter was absolutely something to behold. I think he had something like 11 disposals, three inside 50s, and and and, uh, and a goal assist or something like that. Um, and credit to Schofield in that third quarter because he really mm-hmm. mixed up the midfield rotations too. Yeah. So, um, you know, which really worked in our favour. Butters is just having a fantastic season and look, he was probably best on ground and had 24 touches, four tackles, um, a few clearances and that wonderful goal assist um, in the last quarter which uh, sealed the game where he, you know, he just ran up and dove between two dogs players and somehow got a hand on it. To, uh, to tap it towards Kane Farrell, who kicked uh, an easy goal from the goal square. Um, yeah. You know, it's just that sort of desperation which uh, we've lacked over the years. And um, you know, it's great to see a kid in his second season doing that sort of stuff. I think desperation's a great word. He, he just loves the aggression. You know, he's desperate to get to the 
defensive components of the game. Yeah, he doesn't. He's not complacent. And uh, screw that guy wearing a fucking ridiculous Richmond jacket. I mean, that is pathetic. Um, we're f- free on top of the ladder again, Maka. This is a sidetrack. Fantastic. But, uh, yeah, I mean, for a second-year player and a slightly framed player at that as well, he, um, yeah, he was amazing. And the other thing I noticed too, Rosie looked like he was moving a lot better last night. Well, he, he was pretty good against um, against Melbourne as well. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I thought he had a real big impact last night. I thought um, well, yeah, he, looked, yeah, he was doing he the things that we needed back. him to do. Yeah. He looked like he had a bit of zip back. He was being able to get a bit more space. Um, yeah. And what about Boak? Is there is there a question? Are we playing him in a different role? Is he just being heavily tagged? What do you, what do you think is going on with Boakey? I thought he was just tagged out of the game. Really. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Dunkley did a pretty good job on him. And uh, that's all there is to it. But as we saw, it, it freed up Rockliffe to have a, a wonderful game. I thought he was really, really good. 23 touches, 15 tackles. He did everything defensively in the midfield that we wanted him to do. As you, you already mentioned, Pau Pepper, who was, uh, who was wonderful as well. Uh, he's almost a bit like Choppy Pickett, not in terms of his goal-kicking ability, but he doesn't need a huge amount of the ball to have a big impact. And that's what he's doing at the moment. He's just, you know, when he's near the ball, he's winning it. That's what we need him to do. Um, defensively, he's doing his job. Um, he's a bit of an understated player at this point in time, I think, Pal Pepper. I don't think he'll get the plaudits outside of Port that he deserves mm. for his season so far. No, I don't think so. But, I, yeah, I think, like I said earlier, his physical aggression is just amazing at this point in time. Like, And it's legit. Like, It's fair. Like, He's not being narky. He's not trying to kill somebody. But when he sees the ball... Um, he is just going a hundred miles an hour, and uh, he just wants that. He just wants to beeline it more than anybody else as fast as he can. And if you're in his way, watch out! I wouldn't want to be. He looks like he'd hurt. Um, yeah. But uh, and I think the other one is too. Ollie Wines, his last two games have been pretty strong. Yep, yep. Didn't have he, a lot of the ball last night, but what he did do was um, was pretty good with it. I thought. Well, he, he again another one where he, his physicality seems to have lifted a level. And, uh, yeah, we, it, look, it seems like the whole team has basically said, you know, made a commitment that they're, uh, yeah, they're not going to take a, a soft step this year and they're just <laughs> 100% full throttle. And I think it's just if, if they're going to get beaten, they're going to get beaten by a bloody good team on the night, you know, because yep. uh, they, they look like they're 100% committed. And, uh, you know, Mitch, as you said, was exciting. Um, you know, Dixon, I think he's getting held a lot and probably not getting recognised by the umpires, but, man, he was uh, he was mammoth in that third quarter. He was, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned Bontepilli. I, I don't know what the dogs were doing there. I mean, they obviously lacked a full target because Bruce was absolutely destroyed. And he only had one kick for the whole game. And they went in very, very small. Uh, I know they've got a few injuries uh, to some of their other key forwards, but they went in very, very small. So I can only assume they wanted Bontempelli up there as a bit more of a marking target. But yeah, you took him out of the midfield, and they just got smashed in the middle. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, to keep uh, him out, <laughs> kind out of for like, a little bit. But. Well, for the whole quarter, basically. I mean, why would you like when uh, when you could see that the momentum wasn't going your way? Why why wouldn't you just like put him back in the midfield? It was really odd. Yeah. 
I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm glad they uh, they stuck with that, but uh, I'm not sure why they did that. I don't know why they didn't try Dunkley up forward or uh, Lipinski across centre-half forward a bit more. I don't know. They've they got a bit of height about them. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It seemed a little bit weird because they were on top in the midfield battle and then they just took their, their key player out who had a very good game. Like, he had eight clearances and, you know, 20-odd touches. Um, but he only managed two touches in the third quarter, which... Um, you know, pretty much cost them the go. Yeah. And as you meant, anyway. mentioned Laddams, I thought Laddams was great. Um, you know, 18 touches, 32 hitouts, five clearances, and uh, showed a lot of re- around the ground, took some clever marks, and uh, obviously slotted that nice goal in the third quarter as well. Well, what about the... Um, what about the Tommy Jonas courage running into the ball... And not worrying about Dersma coming with the flight of the ball and just putting his body on the line. Yeah. Well, that mark was just uh, something pretty special from from a kid in his second season. Obviously, uh, Sam Walsh's mark got a lot of um, a lot of press, and that was a, an exceptional mark as well. But you know, Dersma doing that, running full pelt with the flight of the ball, um, you know, with two big bodies coming the other way. Um, you know, it takes a lot of courage. Mate, he's a hard player. Like, I'm really impressed with Dersma. I, I wish I got 21 on my prison bar, Guernsey, now. He, uh, <laughs> he reminds me of Craig Bradley, probably more harder than Craig Bradley. Not yeah. that Craig Bradley, Bradley was soft, but you know, he's a running machine, just wants to get to the contest, but, man, he's willing to put his body on the line. He's a bloody tough kid. Yeah. And we missed him when he was injured. We did, absolutely. Uh, Tom Cleary, who you know, I've been pretty critical of, over the course of uh, the last few seasons. And look, he did a very good start to the season this year as well. But I thought that was probably his best game of football that he's played at AFL level for Port Adelaide. Last night, he kept Josh Bruce to one touch, I think, or one kick, uh, mm. which was up on the wing. Um, and that was it. Like, he was just everywhere. And uh, yeah. defended everything, spoiled everything. Um, you know, he, he did have a bit of help from Jonas and McKenzie, who uh, chopped in front and took some marks as well. But... You know, that's the Tom Cleary that we need uh, come finals time. Do, have we finally been a top eight side yet, Macca? Uh, I don't know. Well, we have. We've beaten West Coast, obviously. But... <laughs> well, that seems to be forgotten, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. So how's uh, Ken, how are you finding Ken? Is Ken coaching well? I thought he coached and, pretty well last night. And, and the changes that what, he made... What's the difference this year to last year? Oh, maybe a little bit more experience. I think, you know, obviously some uh, some guys like Jonas and Wines in better form. Um, you know, we've got Trent McKenzie in career best form. Uh, Dixon is out there who's fit. Um, a bit more experience into Butters and Dersma and Rosie and these sort of guys. Um, Rockliffe, whilst inconsistent, is... Um, is doing his thing. Pal Pepper's playing a lot better than what he did last year. Hartless having a career best year as well. Um, so I think it's a mixture of things. I think his coaching has been all right. Um, I wouldn't say it's been excellent, but I think it's been all right. Well, I thought even last night it was a bit concerning at times. So like, it was weird. Like I don't know. We our we do seem to, and it's been something that's happened for a, a long time now, where we seem to have a, a cluster of players that 
just seem to be out of position around a contest and, you know, where they're not going to get near the ball and the opposition, um, you know, obviously then are outnumbered, like, for them in their favour. And I don't know if it's something that we do on purpose. And, you know, I noticed that last night where, you know, they won at the the Bulldogs, as I'm calling Richmond, the Bulldogs won the contest and, uh, you know, they had, like, three, three of their midfielders sort of all free on the boundary side side of the contest and they were able to run the ball out and, and we just sort of had three men on the inside like so I don't know if we were structuring up assuming to win like a bit of Russian roulette yeah happy if they you know if they're on the boundary side it's fine but I don't know it just seemed to be a bit of a dangerous sort of game we were playing structurally and you know you, you give a team like Richmond who obviously I'm watching on TV at the moment um, that sort of time and space with those numbers they'll, they'll carve you up and do a lot of damage the thing that I liked last night was watching the the uh, the first half. The dogs did a a great job at just stopping our run. Like they choked us with the ball um, mm. and forced us to play this stop start, you know, short kicking sort of style of game, which worked in their favour in the first half. And whether it was coaching or whether it was Bontempelli moving out of the midfield or you know whether they got a rocket from Schofield and or whatever. Um, but it was a notable change in the third quarter where we were moving the ball a lot quicker as soon as we got we were playing on, which we almost didn't do at all in the first half. They didn't allow us to play on at all. Uh, but mm. as soon as we were winning the ball out of the middle, we were just getting it forward, uh, playing on, you know, taking risks, using that sort of courage um, to run the ball a bit more, and it paid off in spades. So, you know, whether that was, was coaching that or whether it was just... You know how the game sort of turned out, but that was something noticeable that was different from the third quarter. From the there was that pressure that resulted in a couple of goals. Like Zach Butters did one on our half forward where we were outnumbered, got his hand in there, reading the handball turnover, and then even uh, now and again it goes back to desperation. The last quarter, you know, even you know was the game on the line? I don't know, but. Um, you know, Sam May, Mays was on the uh, eastern wing, and he was outnumbered three to one, but he was still able yeah. to slow it down and hold hold enough pressure. Multiple, multiple. Our, um, You're breaking you up know. a bit, mate. Am I? Yeah, I think uh, my TV's breaking up as well, so I think it might be my internet. Um, yeah, but Sam Mays's pressure, water. You know, it was it was just exciting football to watch at times. It was. How did you see Boyd Woodcock, the debutante? Um... I liked him in his game. Uh, I I thought he had good good composure, had uh, you know great balance, used the ball well. I thought he was unlucky not to have that goal as we discussed, and I saw a potential there in Boyd for his first game. Yeah, I thought he played pretty well. Had 11, 11 touches, a goal assist. Um, I thought he was really nice with the ball. He got in good position. Uh, he was doing that front and centre thing which we want small forwards to do. As he was unlucky with that goal. Um, but the fact he had, I think, four or five score involvements um, would have given him a fair bit of confidence because he he was quite clever. I really liked that kick um, forward of Robbie Gray where he was able to pick it up, and um, which was nice in the second quarter. Um, yeah, he looked like he belonged out there, which was uh, which was really good. And um, yeah, yeah, I think he deserves some more game times, uh, some so more games think, in the future. I thought I looked at him as a player and I. I sort of thought he, he was the sort of player that it's good that the club didn't rush him into a game. Like, you can see two years of the system just to sort of thicken up his body and, 
and which gives him, you know, because he was a slender frame player when he started, um, just gives him a little bit of confidence in his body. But, you know, he had a nice solid body and I thought he used the ball well, you know, good goal assist with Robbie Gray. Uh, and he, I thought he did some good things and he's, he's nimble. So, you know, and I, I thought you couldn't ask for much more as a forward pocket. So, uh, you know, will he keep his spot in the side for the rest of the year? Don't know, but I think he's going to be a player for the, for the future. Indeed. Well, let's go on to some big footy questions. We've got a couple. Um, Dylan wants us to deliberate on Mitch Giorgiardi's nickname. Uh, he's been using the Golden God. Um, he's heard a lot of people say King George, which sounds like the biggest waste of a Greek name since the one time. Uh, <laughs> time trial entrant Dimitri Tumpus uh, took the name Jimmy. Mm. What do you think? I'm, I'm happy with the Greek freak. We can call him Janus, I think. The Greek freak. Yeah. About Thor or Achilles, something like that. Achilles is probably a bad one. Sort of like a bad omen, isn't it? That so, would be a bad omen, I think. Bad omen? Well, he's a bit, got a bit give, of a Thor. Well, Thor given he's had him. some uh, calf issues, I think. Yeah. Zeus. Mm. I don't know. My Greek mythology isn't that great, but uh, I think Big Mitch. I think Big Mitch is the way to go. Who's our, who's our I'm going to go with Janus, I think. Who's our most recent uh, notable Mitch that we've had play for us? Kane Mitchell? Have, no, it could be first name Mitch, not Kane. Oh, I don't think we've ever had a, another Mitchell. Another really? Mitch. I don't think so. Yeah, I can't think of one either. Other I've been than on the great to, Kane Mitchell. I'm trying to forget Kane Mitchell. Thank you very much. Poor fan radio favourite Kane Mitchell. <laughs> Heaven help He me. was a star He was a gun <laughs> Oh Mitch Bannon Of course Thanks Windy Mitch, Runner I loved Mitch Bannon He was a hope for us Again One of those <laughs> he players was, He was a decent more. player like, like Nick Salter He was robbed of a career Dylan has said Mitch Harvey That's true But you know I've, oh, yeah. I've tried to uh, forget That he ever existed <laughs> um, <laughs> He's still playing too <laughs> <laughs> I, saw, I saw him by the uh, pie van at half time. <laughs> that's not uh, that's not a surprise. He's probably about 158 kilos by now, but, uh, <laughs> which is was about his playing weight at Port Adelaide. Ooh. Um, right, the FVK has asked: uh, Will the AA selectors ever recognise another Port defender with anything other than a token AA squad position? Um, well, look, Jonas has not. to be in it. At this point, he's got to be in it, surely. Well, you'd think so, but I wouldn't be holding my breath because we're always, we're always underrepresented. Yeah. Well, you would think like uh, look, Jonas saw... and DBJ would be in the squad. Have to. In the squad of 40 right now, for sure. Absolutely. Shit, you could even push a case for McKenzie to be in the squad of 40. And possibly Hartlett. Like Hartlett's having a career yeah. this year. He's been yeah. impenetrable back there. And if Burton was bloody fit for every game, I reckon he'd be up there too because when he's played, he's been amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, I just think we could just have the whole back line of the All-Australian team, really. I reckon. Riley Bonner, back flank. But talking about underrepresented, I saw the push push post on the forum about Brown versus Treadray. That bloody gets my blood boiling. No no comparison whatsoever. Nah, Nah. Treaders. Look, for all those uh, mid-2000s 
you know, key forwards, guys like Brown and Pavlich and Rewalt and Hall and Treaders. I, I would say Brown was probably the worst of them. Yeah, I thought he was very overrated. He just hijacked his career based on the three premierships he was gifted by a, a superstar side. Yeah. Everyone thought he was the next Wayne Carey, and then suddenly he's 27 years old and still being called the next Wayne Carey. And it's like, well, when's it going to happen? Mate? When's it going to happen? And in the meantime, Treaders has won, what, four consecutive All-Australian centre-half forward Guernseys and won a premiership as captain. And should have won, should have won the Brownlow in 2004. Should have won the Brownlow, yeah. Look, Brown, on his day, was a great player, no doubt about that. And he had a couple of really, really good years. But if I was picking them, he would have been last out of all those players I mentioned. I still reckon Treadray was behind care. That's my picking order. The guy was an absolute beast of a power forward. But anyway, I digress. I just had to put that in, talking about misrepresentation. So, But yeah, I, look, I'd be wouldn't surprise me if we get... Like you said, BG, DGB, <laughs> can't even say it, Darcy Bear Jones, and, uh, and Jonas in the squad, and we might get lucky to have one of them. Okay? And that yep. would be about it. That's it. FEK has also asked, how do you view Laddam's development over the last month? Well, he's learning. He's had some losses, and he's had, had a win and some break-evens. So, um, I mean, we all forget that the guy's just a young guy, you know, playing... What's that? That was his ninth game, tenth yep. game. You know, I mean, how many rucks are, are consistently influential after ten games? Not many. Yeah, Even Nick Nack, you know, was all over the place. Um, not many, if any. Nah, it, mm. it's impossible because they're coming. He's coming up against monster men, and you know, he's a young kid still developing his body, and and obviously it sort of contradicts my request to play Hayes, but. Probably the reason they're not playing Hayes at the moment either, giving the kid an opportunity to fill out. Yeah. Look, I think around the ground he's been really, really good. I think uh, his marking's been all right. You know, he's obviously got a lot of uh, mobility for a big man. Um, I think his tap work is a work in progress. Uh, he needs to find a little bit more core strength, I think. I think he gets pushed around a little bit too easy. But, you know, for a what 21-year-old Ruckman playing his less than 10th game... I think he's uh, he's doing all right. Yeah, I think he's I think he's doing. Look, he's he's on. We've got no choice, right? Hayes obviously isn't ready. Lysette's injured, um, and uh, he's stepping up. So yeah. you know, we just got to support him as a team. So, and, yeah. Dylan has asked this, and I want to ask this as well: Is um, can Laddams be a second ruck to Lysette when Marshall returns, and or would Westhoff still be preferred? No, nah, you'd have to go Laddams and Lysette. I would absolutely be going Lysett and Laddams. Laddams can play up forward. We saw him take a nice mark. He's a lovely kick of the ball. Um, look, if we can get away with playing Dean Brogan up forward in a premiership year, then we can get <laughs> we can get away with playing Peter Laddams up there because he's a much better kick of the footy. Um, well, I mean, look, the last quarter, or was it the last or the third quarter? Might have been the third quarter. Um, you know, Rocky spotted Laddams up in the uh, forward line and... It was smart structural forward line play. You know, we had everyone. Everyone thought it was going to go deep to Dixon again because he was hot, and, and Rocky just kicked it up nice and high for a Rutman short, mm. and he got and he kicked the goal. And he's got his disposals are pretty good. I think under pressure in the midfield, he he can cough it up. But uh, yeah, look, I think there's a spot for him in the forward line. 
And it's not like he's inexperienced playing up forward. You know, he spent basically two whole seasons playing up there for the Port Magpies when we had Frampton and Lobie going through there as Ruckman. So, um, you know, and, and he was shoved in a forward pocket. So, look, I, I definitely want to see what he can do. I think he might be able to add something a little bit different. Um, you know, would we be too tall with Laddams, Marshall, Dixon and Georgiades up there? Maybe, but... You know, I think he can. I think we can make it work. Well, it's a zonal game, so they're not all going to be fighting for the one position. You know, they're going to be spread out around the ground. So, yeah. you know, Marshall, as we saw before his injury, he's probably going to be um, pushing up. Uh, you know, up higher as that leading centre half forward. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, look. They're all different players, which is a, is a godsend for us, really, you know. So uh, he could be that more traditional forward t- pocket type player, you know. And I guess all I would sort of say is if it is that sort of role and he's a forward pocket next to Dixon, basically um, tell him lead in the opposite direction to Dixon and then the players have got two options, right? Yep, I think that's fair. That's it for this evening, mate. I've got good news. I've got very good news. What's that? Porsche is back on Thursday. Amazing. She's doing the uh, the preview on Thursday night. So looking forward to that. Speaking to the Porsche for the first time this year. Awesome news. Means I get a rest. I like it. Indeed. <laughs> I thought you'd be happy with that, mate. I thought you'd be happy. I, I, not that I don't love doing the podcast, but I'm working my guts out. So uh, I will appreciate a night off. So... Uh, that would be great if I. Hopefully, I'm not working at home, and I might be able to tune in and listen to the Porsche. So, Indeed. thanks for saving me, Porsche. And I saw the countdowns on. Seven more games for Arch. Yes. The countdown. It's going to be on. a grip. It's going to be a. It's going to be a ripping finale. finish. <laughs> Absolutely. Isn't it? It's going to go down I mean, to the wire. I don't understand why West Coast keep playing him, but keep it going, Arch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Until Thursday. Down the pair. Adios, amigos.